Hi, this is episode 37 of the Divorce Angel podcast. Now, last week we had a chat with Alison Shaw from Shaw Dispute Resolutions. Alison used to be a family lawyer and now has 30 mediators around Australia who help her clients get through the complex process of divorce. Now, there's a few takeaways in this week's podcast, and especially around the fact that when I asked Alison, is it cheaper to do mediation, she was quite honest with the fact that in a lot of cases, it might not be cheaper. But there's benefits to mediation, and you guys need to weigh up what is most important for you. Now, when you go through a mediation, it's important to make sure you choose the best person for the job because it's like anything. There's good and bad lawyers out there and there's good and bad mediators. Now, the clients that work with me, I make sure that who we work with, we've done complete due diligence on. I've done research on them. I've interviewed other people that have used them. I know from other experts in the area or their colleagues what their reputation is like in the industry. And Alison is doing the same thing when it comes to mediators. She's picking and choosing the cream of the crop to work with her clients. And this is really important. So if you decide to use a mediator instead of a lawyer, she's also made it clear that as you're going through the process, if mediation doesn't work, then plan B is always going to a lawyer. And I suppose that's what you need to weigh up. Can you the two of you together, negotiate an outcome from your relationship viring a much gentler approach. And Alison talks about the fact that when you go through the court process, you're on a conveyor belt and the conveyor belt ends where a judge sits and someone else is making the decisions on your behalf and is that what you want? So not all lawyers and I suppose in my experience, We've only really had two clients that have had to use the court process to finalise their relationship. So not all lawyers have to use the court. There are some good lawyers out there that are able to negotiate without using the court process. But if your partner is someone that you know just is not going to want to negotiate, is not going to want to work with you and no matter what has to be right and is going to fight for everything then you need to weigh that up and mediation may not be right for you. But if you do think that you can do it amicably, that the two of you can sit down and have a conversation about it with the help of an expert, then maybe mediation is the way for you. I hope you enjoy this podcast and take away some key points that Alison has made because mediation certainly is a much gentler way of finalizing a relationship and it can certainly have ongoing benefits to you you and your partner and your family moving forward so I hope you enjoy this podcast welcome to the divorce angel podcast and thank you for joining us get ready to uncover the strategies everyone can implement for successful separation and divorce this will save you valuable time money and emotions while learning the secrets to your happy ever after and now your host my wife Daniel Summerton We've talked about the different forms of mediation, but what makes a good mediator as, as such? So they obviously how they control the mediation or, or develop 
the outcome, but is there certain experience or skills or anything that they may have had which will make one better than another? Um, I think all mediators have different personality styles and that's something that um, people need to connect with and be able to engage with. But the facilitative process of mediation uh, should be conducted by each of them in the same way. So it's about uh, connecting with the mediator and feeling comfortable with them that they are going to be able to provide a safe environment where they're going to be heard and listened to and not judged and that then they will be able to provide uh, the guidance and remain in control of the process of mediation to help people move forward through that joint meeting as quickly as the slowest person is to get it. So a good mediator will have really good emotional intelligence and rapport with both parties, being independent, but being able to, a bit like the chair of a board meeting, move through that agenda and know when to park things, when to come back to things, when to um, separate into different rooms, because mediations are exhausting. They are really intense, um, but that's normal and usual. What is important is that you have, as a client, confidence in the mediator that they're able to provide um, that security and the environment that it's going to be productive and outcome-focused. So I suppose for me it's pretty much like trying to pick the right counsellor or therapist as well, isn't it? Like there's sort of um, alignments there. I, I don't think it's like counselling because mediation is not a talk best. It has a process, it has a beginning, a middle and an end and the mediator is in control of that process. So um, kind and compassionate but also being... Uh, able to direct and guide people through that process in a respectful way and to maintain that respectful relationship. I think having a legal background also assists, even though the mediator doesn't necessarily provide advice to either party or even an opinion, having some legal skills also helps with the mediation process because it, they're using their transferable skills from the courtroom to the mediation by knowing what questions to ask and how to ask questions and how to drill down into the, the heart of the matter uh, without giving legal advice or opinion. So all of your mediators that you have working with you, so as you said, you've got 30, which is amazing, and they're all over Australia. Is that right? Yes, that's right, in each state and territory. And how do you pick a good mediator to work with your business? Well, I have a robust induction program. I usually um, uh, advertise by way of expression of interest when we need 
more family dispute resolution practitioners or mediators around Australia in a particular area. And then uh, they apply and I make sure that they have the necessary police checks, working with children checks. Um, they are nationally accredited and their insurance is up to date. But then I have a really um, genuine and authentic conversation with them about why they mediate and why they enjoy mediation and what they like to achieve in a mediation and how they do that. And I have been wonderfully um, rewarded by finding really sincere um, uh, legal practitioners that are also mediators that really do want to use the mediation process to help people move past their family law problems. And we are all so like-minded and we also recognise that it's the process of mediation uh, which uh, helps people and it's not us as personally. Oh, that's amazing. So if I was going to use a mediator, what would I be looking at? What, what, what fees would I be looking at? So I'm assuming to use a mediator, it's going to cost or save me a lot of money. It's, it's all comparative to the different processes and options you've got available. So for family law clients, they can look at litigation and going through court or mediation or even arbitration. And we might talk about arbitration another day, but it's still a costly process. It's not free. But unfortunately, people know, don't know what they're up for in terms of legal fees until they're on that conveyor belt. Mm. And often by then, they feel that they can't actually uh, stop um, the process of litigation and they feel compelled to keep going through that uh, and along that conveyor belt. But um, uh, the cost of uh, a mediation... Uh, usually for half a day mediation, which is what wherein you could resolve parenting matters and end up with a parenting plan, which then can be lodged with the court and enforced as if it's a court order, is in the order of about $3,000 plus GST. Parties share that cost equally, usually. If one party can't afford half, then... Uh, what the other party might agree to pay up front, but it doesn't get forgotten. It gets put on the agenda and discussed at the mediation as to how that might be taken into account. Um, but the cost of mediation for is really, by comparison with litigation, uh, far less expensive because for an interim hearing on a parenting uh, matter, the legal fees are probably about $5,000 plus GST anyway, and um, and that's just for an interim order. So if I was to use a mediator, do I still need a lawyer? Uh, you don't need to have a lawyer, and both sides don't need to have a lawyer. However, in my view and my experience, information is really valuable, and mediation operates in the shadow of the law. And what I mean by that is that if people don't settle at mediation, then they've always got the courts to fall back on. So I believe that parties need to be able to be in a position to make an informed decision at the joint session of mediation. So they should engage 
and pay for an hour or an hour and a half's legal advice about their parenting matter or about their property settlement matter and find out from their, their lawyer what the likely outcome is going to be if a judge were asked to decide the matter. And then that informs people and it's good value for money because then they're using that information in the mediation to make an informed decision rather than paying for the litigation in the process or conveyor belt, um, which is the costly part of uh, the legal system. So what you're saying is, for instance, say I'm a mother and I've got three small children and I'm going to mediation and my ex-husband is saying we're going to split the assets 50-50, but where the court is concerned, I might be actually, because I'm a stay-at-home mum and he works full-time on $120,000, I'm actually entitled to a greater split because of my circumstance. So having a bit of an idea before I go to mediation will help in that that conversation so that we just don't settle on a 50-50 split. Yes, it's very important that parties know what the court would do um, and how the court would decide it if it were to go to litigation. But because the mediator does not offer legal advice to either party, parties have to come to that mediation uh, informed about uh, uh, their situation. Okay, so once we've had the mediation then and we've come to an agreement of what what might be happening with the children and the assets, does anything have to go to the court? So do we have to have consent orders or a binding financial agreement or anything like that or we can just walk away and have a verbal agreement between the two of us? Uh, you do need to formalise the arrangements legally. So... For the parenting arrangements and the care of the children and the living arrangements for the children, that needs to be recorded in a parenting plan or consent orders at, that are lodged in the court. But a parenting plan is sufficient. It doesn't need to go to the court. It's just between the parties. But if someone doesn't comply with it down the track or breaches it, then it can be enforced through the court. Property settlement matters must be legally formalised and lawyers have to do that either by way of consent orders at the Federal Circuit Court or Family Courts um, or by way of a binding financial agreement. And again, the lawyers prepare that and each party would have to have a separate lawyer to sign off on that to say that they've had legal advice before signing that binding financial agreement. And any child support arrangements um, that might be negotiated at mediation instead of using the child support um, agency, uh, that can be formalised by way of a child support agreement between the parties and lodged with the child support agency. And I'm assuming a superannuation split or something as well would also be done that way as well. Yes, so if um, there is an agreement to split super, it's usually recorded in the consent minutes of order or the binding financial agreement and it usually or must have the approval of the trustee of the super fund before the orders are made. So procedural fairness has to be afforded to the trustee of the super fund where it's a an industry fund or something like that. If it's a self-managed super fund between the parties, which is not uncommon at all, then um, we usually uh, get one of the parties to liaise with the accountant 
um, to arrange for the split and uh, for the necessary affidavits to be done um, by the solicitors that are assisting to resolve the matter or legally formalise the matter and attend to the wash-up after the agreement's reached. So I suppose if we summarised our conversation right now, really mediation is a way of, or a gentler way, where we've got some form of control over the outcome of our relationship and we've worked so hard as a couple to build the assets in our family, it makes more sense, doesn't it, to be able to sit down together and come to an agreement on our terms amicably about what our future looks like. So does people that use mediation, I'm not sure if you uh, catch up with them later on or anything like that, do they have or do they get over it easier? Are they more amicable after it's all over with or, or um, how, how do they react? One of the benefits of mediation is you are preserving as best as possible um, a respectful relationship post-separation. I uh, like that. Unfortunately, the litigation process um, does not always end well for people and the relationships between the husbands and wives or spouses or de facto partners deteriorates the longer the matter goes along that conveyor belt towards a judge. Whereas in mediation, Parties are really acknowledging um, the situation they're in, they're becoming accountable for what there is that they have to divide between them by way of property and they're having to look at um, the financial circumstances of both of them in the short term, the medium term and the longer term. And they know each other much better than a court or a judge is ever going to know them. So with the assistance of the mediator, providing the ground rules, providing the safe environment and the opportunity for honest and robust communication in a confidential environment just helps the parties to remain focused on the purpose for being there and to actually be able to come to an agreement and move past the difficult decisions that they have to make that are affecting them um, and their family and move on uh, for the sake of their children. Yeah, well, that's great. I think that's a really good way to end this, that um, you've got the power in your hands, haven't you? You've got the choice, just like how you go and um, have your baby, if you have it in a hospital, if you have a home birth or whatever, you have the choice on how you end your relationship and the future moving forward. So, mm -hmm. Alison, um, where can people find you? Where can they find your mediators? And as you said, you're all around Australia. So is there a central place that they can go to or a website? Yeah, there sure is. Um, we have um, www.shawdr.com.au. The DR is for dispute resolution. And we also have the benefit of having a, a mediation administrator, Jerusha, and we have a national 1300 number and all the calls will go to Jerusha and she will uh, talk to you about your situation and what is involved and whether it's parenting or property or both. And then um, she will be able to um, 
I guess, coordinate you with a mediator so that you can have that conversation to get to know them and they get to know you to see whether mediation is right for you and right for your um, your partner. And that number is 1300 Thank you so much for, for what you're doing. It's very unusual to find someone that's been a lawyer that thinks that they can do it in a different way, a better way, and to give up all of that and start again like you've done. Um, I think you're doing an amazing job, and I love that you've been able to actually illustrate to us the difference between mediation and the different forms of it and how beneficial it can be to couples separating. So thank you. Is there anything that you would like to say in closing? No, but thank you for what you're offering too. I think it's very complimentary and um, very kind to assist people through this really difficult process as smoothly as possible. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you. Well, it's been great talking to you. That's it for now. So thank you for listening to the Divorce Angel podcast. And I'll talk to you again next week.